release of the first record, I was like, well, now I feel like I know what I'm doing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to go back and try to do a full length project. Uh, it's a little bit more cohesive. Um, mm. So, Hux, I know you, you listened to uh, what Ava sent you. Um, I don't know how much you guys have heard of the record, but I feel like it's like it spans a lot of genres. And, yeah, it does. Uh, I'm, I like that, but I kind of want to make something a bit more focused where I feel like I have a bit more of a cohesive sound. Yeah. Um, so right now I'm, I'm working on, uh, yeah, I'm actually starting with lyrics on this next project is the goal. So most of the time when I write songs, I'll come up with like a little idea uh, as a track in, on my computer or maybe a guitar riff and then I'll write lyrics to it. Um, but I wanted to see what could happen if I just start with the lyrics first and go out from there. Um, I feel like, I, one of my songs, I did that. The first song on the record, I made all of the kind of production choices and sonic decisions based off the lyrics. And, and I liked that. Um, it was it was fun to be like, all right, well, what do these lyrics say to me? Like, you know, how do these lyrics sound in a, in a song? Like, it's a song about Mr. Robot Man. All right, let's put like, some weird, dinky robot beats in there and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like it gave like an interesting texture to the track, and I wanted to try to take that into... Um, kind of another realm and uh, even more colorful and creative with the lyrics. And so that's what I've been kicking about the last few days. Um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm technically in quarantine right now. I've got, I'm just getting uh, over COVID. So oh, I've had oh, plenty of time to, yeah, man, like all of us got it. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's been, I don't know. So I've just been hanging out in my room mostly uh, here in Nashville. Oh. What about and you, Hux? That, um, time in quarantine is really giving you time to like hone in on that theme that you're going for in this next project, and like, do you think it is like taking effect on your lyrics and all that? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I would actually say I always, I'm always like a pretty reflective person, and I, I tend to spend a lot of time alone. Um, so the quarantine has really just been like an extension of normal life without the usual check that I give myself, which like I, I usually hang out with people like once or twice a week. And that's a good like reset for me to like get inspired or hear something new, hear a new perspective. Um, and then the quarantine has just meant that I, I don't do that. So I'm actually like, I'm kind of bored right now. <laughs> like uh, as like, as like everyone is after 10 days of not seeing anyone else. Uh, but I just went out in the snow and built like the snowman of my fucking dreams. Like I'd always wanted to build like the Calvin and Hobbes type snowman as a kid, but like Nashville doesn't ever get that much. So I'm kind of like still basking in that like pure childhood bliss of making an amazing snowman at age 22. Uh, I don't feel like I'll ever grow out of it. And I I hope I never do. Um, But no, I would say that um, for the first few days, yeah, just kind of sitting with, you know, the recent train of thought I've been having and um, it's like a lot of kind of definitely like this year I've been more questioning my own spirituality actually uh, more so than any other time in my life. And that was kind of what I headed into this kind of session of writing lyrics, uh, you know, being that was top of mind, kind of figuring out how I relate to the universe. And that's where I started out with things. And so it, w- it was good, Brian, uh, to kind of have that, um, you know, consistent question and 
theme to come back to for a few days, but it, it just started to run a little dry when I couldn't do anything else, but just stay in my room. Yeah. Um, so getting out today was good. Cause I think, you know, that's as, as kind of kitschy as it sounds and hoagie as it sounds like being outside is a pretty important thing to do if you want to feel connected to any kind of greater spirit. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. And then, Especially in nature. Uh, and then going off of what you just said, like, why did you start questioning your spirituality? Yeah. Oh, man. So uh, I moved to New York for school like three years ago now. Um, and I was like, when I was like 15, I knew I wanted to go to New York. And I was like, that's going to solve all of my problems. I'm going to like find people who you know understand me. And like, I'm going to make the music I want to make when I'm in New York. I'm going to be around the people I've always wanted to be around New York. And I just like, I put it up as, as this weird beacon of like hope in my mind that it really didn't deserve to be whatsoever. And I got there and it wasn't the case. Like I had a hard time when I got there uh, and I'm still kind of reeling through it and like figuring out my place there. And so, um, you know, I feel like when shit kind of hits the fan mentally, you start to question a lot of things. I'm sure y'all can relate. Um, right, you preaching, brother. You preaching. Yeah, yeah 22, so, 23 is, a, is that age, like, when you like, sure. about to get the fuck out, everything's, like, hitting you crazy. So continue what you're saying. No, no, exactly. I mean, you're exactly right. Like, I'm definitely at that age where, like, I'm like, wait a minute. I got to figure out why I'm here. Exactly. You know, because you, know, uh, you don't have the same thing that you did when you were 15 where it's just like, oh, I know I'm here to see my best friend at school the next day. Or to, like, you know, go hang out, you know go drink with my friends or smoke with my friends on the weekend or whatever. Like you get to a certain age where like it gets old and yeah. you got to also like, it gets hard too. And you're like, All right, well, why am I getting up the next day? Um, you know, it's like, well, there's, there's something bigger out there. And I, I'm trying to figure out my relation to that. Um, mm. Cause it's just, yeah, you know, like it's tough and you have to question why you're doing certain things. Right. Um, I don't know. So Hawks, it sounds like you've kind of, gone through that that ringer is what you're saying was definitely yeah yeah i'm going add. through that right now oh, yeah oh yeah okay i was about to say i'm going through that right now actually i've been having a pull between two sides of me that i that i'm trying to figure out how to how to balance it to because mm-hmm. on one end I love being creative. I love talking to people, meeting new people, getting their perspective and sharing that perspective with the world. I love doing that. And and on the other hand, I really love teaching kids and doing those things. And both of those things can coincide. However, I want to be able to travel and be with my friends, like be with be with Pinal. Be with Jock Tespay, like be with Burhani, like be with my friends and like, and be able to make music and shit. However, I understand that at the moment I'm in right now, I have to figure out ways to make money and be able to, because one of my goals is to set my kids up with more opportunities than I had. Mm-hmm creating generational wealth to afford my kids mistakes and shit. And if I fuck around now and don't understand where my move, what my moves are and play the shit strategically, as well as 
living my life as well, it's going to get pretty hard to accomplish that goal. So, and I just graduated college. So it's like really crazy right now and trying to figure out how to cement myself and how to move forward. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things pulling me. However, I'm beginning to understand that what my strengths are and how to make all my dreams come true at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's something I could totally relate to, too. I mean, like, I haven't quite, I'm still in school, so I haven't quite hit the fan of like, oh, shit, I got to make money. You know, I still have a little bit of like a cushion, um, but it's it's creeping up for sure. It's coming close and it's coming soon. And the same thing you talked about, like, I want to be creative for, I want that to be my life. I want that to be my job. And it's so hard to make money doing that and staying and maintaining an integrity to what you want to be creative in. But I, 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 I'm pretty darn sure that later, darn, later in my life, I want to have a family too. Um, and I want to give them opportunities that I had. I've been really blessed in my life. I've had quite a few opportunities that have been given to me. Um, and I just want to make sure, you know, my family has the same thing. And it's like, it's a scary prospect. It's hard to do as a creative and staying kind of true to yourself. I think, oh gosh, well, maybe I can save that for a later time, but um, I feel like, well, maybe I'll bring it up. Like the whole NFT world is like the greatest, like, you know, debacle that people have to face. It's like, do you want to be... You know, do you want to ma- maintain an integrity to like the artistic lifestyle and community where, you know, you're supporting each other off of your uh, creative drives? Or do you kind of want to like, are you going to sell out for the sake of your family? Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that people have to face a lot. Um, I don't do know. Feel, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, do you feel that because you spoke on NFTs and, you know, yeah. uh, Brent Fias just did this project or this piece where he was like, okay, everybody has to buy it with NFTs or use the NFTs or whatever. Do you feel like um, that is almost like a sellout or how do you feel that affects the creative process? Yeah. Shit. This is such a, like a, a weedy question. Um <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I can understand why people use them because um, it, it, I don't know of a better way to support artists who don't tour or perform live than NFTs right now. Sadly, um, broke. Sadly, yeah. Well, well, the thing because like I have a lot of I have a lot of problems with it. You know, it's it's got some pretty bad environmental detriments, um, and I wish there was other ways where we could support artists you know, financially and, you know, where they don't have to like, you know, leave their home every other day to go on tour and, you know, bust their ass. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish there was another way, but this is the only way I can see feasibly giving artists a chance. The thing is though, I I think the market's pretty fucked up. You know, I I don't Mm -hmm. think it actually supports the right artists. Um, And I do think it's used a lot in like, I don't know a ton about it, but I think it's used a lot actually more for money laundering than for any kind of artist support. And that rubs me the wrong way. But that's with most, um, that's with most art shit 
is used for money money laundering. That's with most art mm-hmm. things. But with NFTs, um, to go back to your uh, what you were saying about environmentally friendly, most um, most projects with NFTs it uses proof of stake proof of stake blockchains, yeah. which does not which does not use that does not take like a like a toll on the environment. That's the whole entire reason why it's on proof of stake. So Ethereum, one of the biggest networks, is about to go to proof of stake as well to mm-hmm. kind of deal with that problem. And then um, another thing with NFTs, bro, I feel that NFTs is the wave that will help you help you out and other artists out so much because yeah. one. You can sell your art and then two, you can put a like 2%, 5% um, like fee on your art. So if everyone sells that shit, 2%, 5%. So if yeah. you want to create generational wealth with your art, um, you can, like one thing that's happening right now is the NFL is made an NFT with tickets. Mm-hmm. So when you... When they buy that ticket on Ticketmaster, they get an NFT that they said they went to that game, if they go to the game too. So there's only like 120 tickets or whatever, whatever that amount. What I see that can happen is if you are a small artist right now and you have a limited number of fans, you can hold a tour. And when you hold this tour, only the people that come to your show, they get that free NFT, right? So if they get that free NFT from your first show, the bigger that you get, the more that NFT will be worth. If you yeah. add like a 5% or a 10% um, like a fee to sell your NFT, when people, as you get bigger and it gets like $1,000 for your NFT, 2000 10000 that gets bigger and bigger and that can create generational wealth for your family. And um, I think that that right there is going to be crazy because it's already happening with the Roblox. People are paying thousands of dollars for clothes on Roblox. Yeah. People are paying thousands of dollars for a lot for skins on CSGO. Did the Fortnite, the Fortnite, I mean, the, the part, sorry, the Supreme brick is like, you know what I'm talking about? Like the, the brick that literally has a Supreme logo on it that I don't know. Someone should look this up, but it goes for like, well over $500, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Like the most useless shit ever. It's like the perfect example of like the hype market, uh, which is, I think what you were talking about, where like you have this mm. one possession and then as the person gets more and more famous, the worth of that possession or that art yeah. piece or whatever just goes up based yeah. off the hype. And like, yeah, yeah artists tapping into that hype market is definitely going to be like how we make money.
got a question uh, based off that. Like, okay, so we all know that like hype is based on like demand. Whenever something there's hype for something, it's because a lot of people want it. And so mm-hmm. as artists, we kind of have to do that with like our whole entire brand. We have to create hype for our whole entire brand. So just so people can demand our music so we can be make our music career profitable. So my mm-hmm. question is, how do you guys, like what are your strategies, uh, Ted, in terms of like creating demand for your music? Like what do you think, yeah, like what do you think is like moving forward? Man, well, to be honest, I'm like, I'm such a rookie when it comes to making any demand for my work. I spent way more time making the work than I did thinking about how to like get people to hear it. Um, But I think, I mean, the tried and true one is just as a musician is playing live. I mean, that's like, that's how music is meant to, Mm -hmm. you know, be shared. Um, Like it's such a fucking magical, you know, creation, you know, music is like the most primal form of communication. Like I, I, birds were singing before we were talking. Um, and when you are in a, you know, it's just, you know, the shared space with someone where you're playing live music, um, it just, if you do it right and you're connecting with people on the right level, I mean, it's unforgettable. Um, so yeah, playing live is like the biggest way to kind of grow forward. And I think that won't be, that won't change for a while, even with COVID. I think, you know, People were like at the beginning of the cover, they're like, well, we got to start rethinking live. It's like, I mean, it'll go away. <laughs> you know, um, we'll, we'll be going back to live shows eventually and we'll never be able to beat it. But at the same time, I can't, you know, you can't tour 365 days out of the year. Um, especially as Hux and I are saying, like, if you want to have a family in the future, that's just like not feasible. Um, so Social media is a big game. Um, and I think figuring out how to game that is probably important. Um, mm-hmm. And someone told me I should get on TikTok. <laughs> I'm not on TikTok. I don't know if I'm like built to do that. I like, I was, Damn, I was pretty social media averse for a long time. Yeah, me too. And it's like, it's a, it's a game. And like people put so, especially in New York, people put so much worth on it. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll do some insane stunt. Maybe I'll like, you know, uh, do you remember the guy who like got the the fridge or what? No, he got like a, a bucket of massive bucket of ice water in Times Square and stayed under it for fifteen minutes. Maybe I'll do. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> and you know, I'll do that. Like, I, yeah, yeah. He. I don't know. Was like, a bucket of ice water. Yeah, he was in a bucket of ice water for like 15 minutes or something like that. Under, I don't know, whatever. He just did it like in his speedo in Times Square, and of course, like you know, it blew up. Yeah. Maybe I'll just do something like that. That'd be a great way to like get famous. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come out of the water and be like, "Yo, listen to my record." Right. <laughs> but insane. I'm. I hate the like fact that like social media makes like musicians basically like modern day court justice, like the kind of antics that we have to do. To yeah. like get our music heard is like yeah. it's insane, bro. Like the whole SoundCloud SoundCloud rap era of people yeah. with all the different hair colors and all the different crazy <laughs> shit that they were doing. I was like, bro, I yeah. really gotta do this just for a nigga to stream my shit. Like, yeah, like, stream my I mean, shit. what do y'all do? 
I just run around naked on stage and hope people put it get on TikTok. <laughs> All right. Yo. No, I'm just playing. Yo, I feel like that is something that was that has always been the case at Nick or AKA Jock Test Fay. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's always been the case. Like, have y'all seen the documentary 1971, the year that music changed everything? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. But no, this but is I'm the fourth time you told me about this. If you haven't seen that documentary, it's fire as fuck. Like, you should watch it. Cause 71, that's when Cobain died, right? Who died in 71? What? God <laughs> damn. <laughs> Get her out of music. That nigga was even. <laughs> Get her out of music. Was he even born in 1971? Oh, Jim Morrison died. Or was it somebody uh, died? You know Jim what? Morrison. Jim Morrison. Talking about Jim Morrison. Jim Talking Morrison. about Jim Morrison. Yeah, Jim I feel Morrison. like, yeah. Him or Jimi Hendrix died seventy one. Yeah, because and then well, it was him first, then Jimmy, then Janice. Don't ever try to cut from my music knowledge. God but you damn. just said Kurt Cobain died in nineteen. Y'all make mistakes, Charlie. I'm a human being. Do I have to be perfect? I thought you were a goddess. Yeah. No, you just have to be Berhani. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, Brahani's nice. Brahani be brave. Ooh. As you were saying, Penele. <laughs> I like butchering your name. Sorry. It's not butchering. It is Penele. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I said I got it right. People P-Nile. call you Penile, and that's <laughs> fucked up. That's fucked up. It's definitely spelled Penile. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, you're telling me. I have to deal with it, man. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um... But the I feel like that's always been the case. Like one of the coolest parts of the documentary to me, um, was how they told the story of like David Bowie and Ted. I don't know. Are you do you do you listen to Bowie? Dude, Bowie is huge for me. He was a massive, massive mm-hmm. influence for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you like Bowie, bro, then you should definitely watch that documentary because they talk mm-hmm. about how like in the beginning Bowie was like kind of a shitty performer and like no one gave a fuck about him for years it was like three years before anyone gave a fuck about what he was doing and the thing that like changed like his whole image and changed how people perceived him was when he went to new york and he linked up with iggy pop and um lou reed and like seeing how they're just like kind of played on sexuality and played on like the whole rock star motif he was like okay i'm just gonna be an androgynous like alien rock star and then he became like ziggy stardust and like that's when he became like bowie so i feel like i guess to ask a question off that like how much do you feel that being an artist is like like how do you play that balance of like because being an artist is being entertainment and entertaining people and giving something that they want to look at you know if someone's an androgynous alien rock star people are gonna be like what the fuck is that yeah how much like, where's the balance of that? And I guess this goes for everyone. Where's the balance of doing that versus, I guess you could say, selling out or just trying to be a meme? Hmm. That's like that's a great question, bro. Um, for me personally, because I, I this this ain't my interview, but for me personally, I'm gonna give my two quick little cents. Uh, I um I've realized lately, bro, with like making music and stuff, because I like. I've taken a bunch of like music business classes and they're telling me about how 
you have to create every artist creates an artist like a community like no matter what like you are creating a community through your artistry and so people are gonna identify with like the similar values that um you have and shit that's how come they're drawn to like your music and so to answer that like facetiously but also kind of seriously i add a couple you know niggas in there because i'm black but then i also (laughs) say my real shit so i'll be like Mm -hmm. i'll give them the sauce i'll give them like the real true me but i understand at the same time like you were saying the entertainment value of it is like i gotta package it and that's how come you know the niggas call me Jock Tesfay now. You then, <laughs> but but you gotta that, believe in yourself it. though. Right. I believe in myself, <laughs> and I believe in you. <laughs> I think it's also the case of like being able to be authentic to your sound, but also being able to reinvent yourself. Like how we were talking about last time, like. Even with your story about David Bowie, he moved to New York and he kept his authenticity in his music, but he reinvented himself and he did it in a way that like, it's like reading the room, right? Like he kind of knew that in New York, they would accept this a little bit more, right? Um, But it doesn't mean that like, you should start painting your nails and dyeing your hair just because you know that's going to get a reaction out of people. Um, yeah we've already seen that like yeah so you kind of have to be you but like be you on that next level (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you have to know future you pretty much like and be ahead of the curve in a way um but also it's about not biting like you can't start doing something that somebody else is already doing and then expecting it to become this huge success for you because it was a success for them. Because again, we've never seen something like that. Yeah. Um, So I think it's just kind of like you said, it's always going to be a challenge for any artist Mm -hmm. to um, be that like standout, right? It's hard to make it in LA and New York in these places because there's so many people doing what you're doing. So what makes you stand out? Yeah. No, I think you're totally on that, Ronnie. I think um, what you were talking about with Bowie, it's like he went to New York and he stayed authentic to himself while realizing what parts of himself he had to draw out even more mm-hmm. to make himself stand out. It's it's not so much you put on a mask, it's you um, exaggerate parts of your personality to make a character. Yeah. Um, you, you bring out the stuff that's already there. Um, it's, you know, it's the, the saying of like, let your freak flag fly high. Or, <laughs> you know, everyone's got a little bit of a freak flag somewhere, you know, yeah. and you just got to find it and then fly it high. And you know what? The freak flag doesn't even have to be that exciting. I mean, there's tons of artists who like, they don't even do anything that crazy who are really famous. Um, Say I take 
got a fives and I roll it up. Keep calling me back, you ain't got a front. Don't for a fact on the echelon. Hop from the smoke and I bought a plug. And grab me the tiger, yeah, you know what's up. Feeling it too, cause I've been the one. Feeling it too, cause I've been the one. Feeling it too, cause Take out a fives and I roll it up. Calling me back, you ain't got a front. Don't for a fact on the echelon. Hop from the smoke and I bought a plug. I hear the tiger, yeah, you know what's up. Feeling it too, cause I've been the one. Take it right into the light, shawty, here I come She said it's on lock, ain't no need to rush Don't need a lot, all I need is one Now we can take, I can make it slow Jams in the bed just to feel the moment Bust it and pop it, it's fully loaded Then we get higher than Mercury Flowing and surfing the galaxy Tell me what you wanna do You gotta be my boo Calling me back, you ain't got a front. Don't for a fact on the echelon. Hop from the smoke and I bought a plug. Got me the tiger, yeah, you know what's up. Feeling it too, cause I've been the one. Feeling it too, cause I've been the one. Feeling it too, cause Take out a fives and I roll it up. Calling me back, you ain't got a front. Don't for a fact on the echelon. Hop from the smoke and I bought a plug. I get a tiger, yeah, you know what's up. Feeling it too, cause I've been the one. Feeling it too, cause I've been the one. Freak flag, freak flag is not the best thing to say because I feel like it uh, suggests that you gotta do something like really outlandish and crazy. But, like think of like um, I don't know Kevin Leonard Parker. Cohen. What you say? Kevin Parker. Yeah, exactly. You know, Leonard Cohen or Kevin Parker, like two very normal people who have had enormously successful musical careers, um, and you know they're they became famous because like they just were true to themselves. Uh, Leonard Cohen was like a fantastic lyricist and that's why people loved him. And Kevin Parker is like a, you know, incredible producer and makes some really catchy songs and like it just worked. Um, but I think if you want to be like a sleep, like a solo artist star, like a pop star or whatever, that's when you really have to like make the character because there's no pop stars we can think. I mean, that I can think of at least that seemed like just, run-of-the-mill people um like, I, I have one i feel like there's yeah. one example ed sheeran actually that's so yeah that's true <laughs> but that's his, but that's his thing what about his what about j cole run-of-the-mill person 
J. Cole, too. J. Cole, too. J. Cole. J. Cole's not a pop star, though. He's not a pop star, though. Yeah, but I don't think he is. Is he not a pop star for real? J. Cole is not a fucking pop star, bro. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with I'm with Pinal here. Hey, it's Pinelli. <laughs> I'm with Pinelli here. Yeah, I don't I don't think J. Cole's a pop star. I think because uh, like, like he he's like on the level of fame of a pop star, but he didn't like come into music seeking to be a pop star. Whereas I feel like Ed Sheeran kind of did. Does it does it matter if you come in the music game? trying to become a pop star and because like i feel like j cole j cole is a pop star because he is a part of pop culture like in the hip-hop conversation he is pop Mm -hmm. culture but you but you already said it in the hip-hop conversation like ah so it's like everywhere but hip-hop is pop though hip-hop is pop but hip-hop is popular yes but there's also this pop genre that is like really a genre like i know it started off as being popular music so you kind of could sneak your way in but like now pop is like a thing it's own thing yeah it's own entity and even going off ed sheeran ed sheeran yes he's kind of he looks run of the mill but like he's a white boy with soul and he's tatted like he's not just normal you know what i mean like that's not something you normally see and Um. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I always just feel like he's the most regularest, like, yeah. motherfucker out there. Like. No, I agree. He he seems like the most down to earth and just like, like somebody you could just like I don't know have a nice conversation with. Very. He's not wearing the meat dress. I guess is the best right, way to put it. Right. Right. <laughs> but I also think that kind of fits into his image and his authenticity. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time, bro. Take your time. Take the soundboard away from him. Right. Oh my god, bro. I literally did not. All right, DJ. Yo show. That's crazy. No, I feel like I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like you can do that because you can put that on any genre of just being a skeptical or not skeptical, spectacle. Be a creep, bro. But that's why I see what I you're saying, JoJo. Of like J. Cole, he's not like a spectacle ass dude. Like he just really just raps. Yeah, I don't know. Really he, he wasn't doing pictures. Like what made him so different was he was like, "Fuck y'all niggas, y'all can't be on my shit because you ain't as hard as me." And then he did it. Like it wasn't like, "Okay, I'm just saying that I'm the best." It was like, "I know I'm the best, and so you all can't be on my stuff." Is J. Cole the best? I'm not saying he is the best. I'm saying he feels he is the best. Like, in his mind, he is the greatest of all time. Like, and there may be. That ain't gonna be no more kings on 24th Hills Drive. Sorry, shit. Well, you know, that is his opinion. I love that how artists are very, like, contradictory. Be like. Ain't gonna be no more kings, and then in the next album they'll be like, "Not this is just using J Cole as an example." But in the next album they'll be like, "I'm the greatest ever." And I'm just like, <laughs> "I love, I love that we can do that." Like I'm genuinely yeah. saying, I love that we can do that. That we can be like one mood here and then another mood here. Because like, I feel like humans are like that. I feel like we're oh, very yeah. contradictory, and it's like mm. it's okay to be contradictory because like Dude, this is how you feel now, bro. 
And like, we should be allowed to do it in our art, you know, because it's just performance. You know, I think people with music, especially because like people put, tend to put their own personal name on the music they're making. People kind of forget, like, it's still a performance. Like, you don't have to be completely truthful in your song. You can lie for fun because you're just having fun. Um, the thing with the J. Cole that I thought was interesting is, like, I feel like he's actually, like, the stuff that he blew up for, and I'm not a big J. Cole fan or anything. I don't really know a whole lot. But I feel like the stuff of his that, like, has lasted is actually, like, his shit, like, the, the song about losing his virginity. I can't remember what it's called. Wet oh, um, yeah that's like that like the super like kind of meme song that he made like that's the one that's actually like the longest lasting hit for him and that's the one that's like the most distinctly j cole it's not the ones where he's like i'm the greatest i'm you know no more kings or whatever it's like no it's wet dreams like the corny thing he made because no one really made like that like kind of childhood adolescence yeah. rap yeah and i feel like that's what like that's what as someone who's like an outsider kind of rap fan, I feel like that's what I know J. Cole for. Um, mm. And that's where he's, his reputation is being like built in the history books. And that's what he'll be remembered for. That's Even crazy. If he, um, I thought that's you were going to say work out. That's crazy. <laughs> that's to think about because I'm on the exact opposite spectrum, bro. Like I've been listening to Cole, not to be that guy because I'm about to get <laughs> But I've been yeah. listening to Cole since Friday Night Lights, like twenty. Friday Night Lights was fucking fire, bro. And that shit is like that's the code that I know for. So the fact that yeah. like the majority of people that like society is gonna know him for, nah, I ain't never did this before. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, he's not a pop artist. He is a rap artist, and rap lovers like J Cole for, yeah. for his lyricism and yeah. what he does, right? But when you look at a at a popular standpoint, he is not up at yeah. the top. He's, he's he's like he's like old school future. He's old school future was hood famous. I thought he like there's a lot of black artists that I think are famous, but they're just hood famous. And I did not know that mm-hmm. shit. Like, like uh, exactly or escape from like who can I run to by escape? Yeah, escape. I, I was talking. I was talking to my coworker and I was singing that shit, and there, she was like. Who is that? And I was like, it's Escape. And then she's like, Escape? Who's Escape? And I was like, what? But, dude, I don't know Escape. Exactly. What? That's what I'm saying, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. I grew up on that. Like, the things, it's 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 always crazy to, like, the things that you think, that you grew up on, and you think it's like, oh, everybody know that shit. Like, Erykah Badu. Like, Erykah Badu is just now kind of popping off and, like, yeah. and, like, and a like a broader base, but I'm like, oh, I grew up on her. Like, mm-hmm. like, like she's that. past. No, but she she does reference a lot. She did well. I don't mean to cut you off, but in her show, she yeah. was like, um, she made an album in the '90s, and she was like, '90s baby, clap your hands or whatever, right? She's like, I've been waiting on y'all, <laughs> like y'all, because we are the ones who grew up on her, and she was waiting on us to kind of like send her off you know what i mean into that uh, yeah. kind of thing so i get what you're saying that's why i was like eh. yeah. but continue judge Armstrong. now she's in movies though like she she was in like some aos movie with like a side she was like she played some witch character i can't remember what it was this wasn't that too long sense. ago oh that she did sense. she like i think yeah. it was with taraji yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh she, she's the one who made taraji think like men or like no woman could think of it what men want it's crazy yeah. a lot of people know her because of drake because of that drake song too 
I didn't know I she did. ever did a song with Drake. No, she didn't do the song with Drake. Oh, she did. She, he mentioned her. He was like, "One night I went to Erica Badu house." And if you're a fan, you're like, "Oh, that's something she would do. She would make tea for you." I feel like Drake definitely tried to slide. He was like, "Hey, he said we talked about love and what life could really be for me." She said, "When that shit is real, you just know." Erica Badu's baby daddies are Andre 3000, Jay Electronica, Common, Common. Like, Common like, Com- Com- like, wait, Common is her. Common is just her uh, ex, I think. Yeah, uh, they got baby Com- together. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Uh, and I think she has one with. Does she have one with Trench, or is that Salt and Pepper? No, nah, he she only has like two or three kids. I think she be changing niggas' lives, bro. Niggas be becoming uh, whole different people. It's so true. Uh, it's, there's like Andre three thousand before Erica Badu and Andre three thousand after. It's like, God. did you guys see the tweet about him like at the airport where someone's like, "There's some random dude who's played the flute barefoot in the airport." Yeah, and they go up to him and it's like, "Oh fuck, it's Andre 3000. That's the kind of carefree I want to be after I have right? like a successful career. It's just like I just roam the earth on some air nomad shit. Oh god, he's, he's oh, god. got such a good life. Yeah. I want to be Eric. I want to be the Eric Badu for uh, for our friend group. Bro. That's what <laughs> I want to be. Come over to my house. I'll make tea for you. We'll talk. That's beautiful. That's like that's the truest goal I think anyone can have. Thank you. Gonna fuck me and change my personality. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he Damn. didn't want you to know. <laughs> Ari, Ari, Ari did talk. that shit on acid. Ari, Ari did that shit on tabs. <laughs> I find a diamond one, two nickels. Commit love crimes and need more stitches. I took time, but now it's good riddance. I put my heart online. Now you the tallest midget. Where you left me at is where I'll be. When the mirror staring back, what do you see? Um, don't just stab me in my back and watch me bleed. Man, this might be the end of you and me. I just wet the Xbox. Don't play for keeps. Damn, leaving me on red. I love receipts. We, we still going back and forth, that's all I see Lately I've been losing track of my beliefs Man, you need a drink or two or three Ruin good things, King, it's nice to meet You, you gon' make me choose sides You gon' make me roll dice uh, You gon' make me think twice uh, You gon' make me not nice uh, You gon' make me pour pints Two more rounds I'll make rice uh, You lay sleepless at night You gon' keep shit inside I just left the west side I'm not too good to drive I just try to feel alive. I just want to get fried. Hold up. You need a drink or two or three. Ruin good things, King. It's nice to meet. Um, Ruin good things, King. It's nice to meet. Um. What, was, what was the question again? Check on time. My fault. I had to. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> The conspiracies. Oh yeah. He had to suck dick to make it in the industry. Oh, go back to this podcast. I got a Would nervous you laugh dick that to out. Be in the industry? Right, that's gonna get good. Huh? Do y'all believe so like you? that when people? Most like, definitely. Yeah, Most definitely. Were, like, I think the real question is <laughs> how far would all of y'all go, like, if you were asked to do that? So in the scenario where you know somebody says, "Hey." 
sucking this dick and I'll and you'll be on the radio. Are you gonna do it for your art? Like how far? Who's station though? Who's station Nobody though? Nobody the radio. The station you want to be on. <laughs> like if it's, I'm not saying a specific station. What station? I I'd get there no matter what. I don't think I'd have to suck a dick. I I I suck a titty though. We're joking about it, but I think women really do have that problem in the industry. Yeah. So, like, oh, yeah. For y'all, and it's kind of like a privilege to really be like, nah, I don't have to do that. I'm going to yeah. do it on my yeah, own. Yeah, no, it's totally it privilege for me to be able to say what you said. Women yeah. in that industry. And for some women, if you don't do something sexual, not necessarily sucking dick, but like if you don't do so- something sexual, they're really gonna blackball you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's 100%. easier for them to do that. So, like, yes, it's the joke, but like it really happens, you know? Yeah. Man, why are you watching me look like an asshole, Joy? <laughs> no, you I have to make all of you look like assholes. Shit, <laughs> shit. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I'm gonna redeem myself. I'm gonna redeem myself. Bro. There was uh, there was this porn star named Lena Rhodes, and she has a podcast. And she talked about how in the industry that that's who she's we're losing you, hugs. We're losing you. <laughs> Wait, you can still hear me? <laughs> okay, you, no, you're back, you're back, you're back. Yeah, you're okay, back. so the uh they got a bowl out. The guy that was fucking here got a bowl out, shit it in the bowl. Or or no no no, she pissed in the he pissed in the bowl. And she threw up in the bowl, and they were like, "Hey, eat this shit during the sex scene." Whoa. And she and she did it, and that's and she did it for money. How did this redeem you? How did right. this How redeem you? just like. This is actually a fucking awesome story. I just want an excuse to say it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Misdirection, like fuck. Right? <laughs> no, 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 no. What I'm going to say next. No, I, I like, think I understand. It go. It goes to your point that like some women have to do crazy ass shit, or like for example, there's a lot of people that go to Dubai, like Instagram models. They get yeah. sent to Dubai and get fucked by camels. So it's like yo, a lot what? Of- you need to cite your sources. No, this, this this is fast. Yeah, you said they get fucked by camels. Yeah, in Dubai, because princes pay like fifty, and they'll be like, "Hey, you have to fuck my thirteen-year-old son too," and they'll be like, "Okay, for sure." Like they force so, them? No, like they pay them. They pay them like fifteen, fifty k. At that point, what? How, at that point, what's person to be like? I'm not gonna fuck this camel. <laughs> Like, am I being an asshole for saying that? Because it's like, bro, no. you don't have to fuck the camel. You don't have to, but if you do want the money, you can. It's like, if they were forcing her, then I would feel like more remorse. It's like, damn, that's a fucked up situation. But as an adult, it's like, bro, I don't she give a fuck. Would you, would you, this is an insane you, hypothetical situation. Right. You, no, no, it's would not hypothetical. People, people actually do that shit. People actually do that shit. This is real. But taking I'm that, for, taking I'm that, for Hardy, like I kind of need to see a source on this. Yeah. All right, for sure, for sure, for sure. I'm gonna share my screen in a second. <laughs> no. Oh my god! <laughs> no, 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 no. 
see that picture, bro. I do not. Like that. <laughs> this is, this you is need a family friendly <laughs> podcast. Oh, we've gone far beyond family friendly at this point. But taking, but taking that, but taking that scenario, and you say you don't give a fuck about that because personal responsibility. Taking that and applying it to the music industry, and would does personal responsibility still apply in that scenario? How do you mean? Oh, uh, in terms of like signing and shit, and like being forced to do some shit to like sign or something like that. Are you saying? Yeah, like because as you said, you don't have to take that fifty k to fuck that camel, but. You don't have to take that record deal if you if you already got it like that, or if you're trying to if you're trying to do shit, well, they can blackball you, mm-hmm. huh? And personal responsibility applies to both then, because I think personal is the key word. It's your mm-hmm. how you feel about it. So like mm-hmm. you feel like like okay, good example. That's it. I'm gonna get on it without doing that. Because he has that much faith in himself. If you don't have that mm. much faith in yourself and you're like, you know what? I got to suck this dick for the one time. Then you got to go ahead and suck that dick for the one time no. and we can't really judge you for that. What but if you have kids? it's all up to you. Huh? What if you have kids? What if you have kids? What if you have a wife? What if... No, but I'm not saying towards you. I'm saying towards to those who wouldn't suck that dick. <laughs> What I, 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 I get what she's saying though with the personal responsibility because it's like your morals have to be so firm even if you have kids whatever your situation yeah. is that you like nah fuck that because I believe I think it comes down to self belief it's like if like Ted was saying if you believe in yourself enough to know I don't need anything else but my talent and like my drive then you straight mm-hmm. you set but if you like she said don't believe that you can pop off with like just you then, hey, you might have to fuck a camel, bro. Yeah. And that's well, I mean, but you might not even care, though, because some people just don't care. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah. go ahead, like, Well, I mean, uh, I was going to say, also, it, it, it's more than just, like, I know that my talent and drive can get me there. I know also that my circumstances can get me there. Being, like, you know, a white dude who's, you know, got, I mean, I have no college debt, and um, I have a lot of things going for me. Um <laughs> And, that's real though. That's real though. You know, some people who's like, all right, I got a hundred thousand dollars in debt. I got kids. Like they, they're probably have to think differently. Like I'm able to say, no, I'll be able to do that myself because I know, like, even if it's a slog, you know, for ten years to get to the point where I can, you know, pay my bills with music, I know it's never really gonna get that bad. Because um, yeah. all I'll be worrying, all I'll be worrying about is myself. If you got kids, like, for now, you know, like you were saying. I don't put yourself to You know, uh, no, true. Um, I don't, I don't put, knock on wood, don't play on that. Oh, God. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe then, maybe then I, I'd start sucking the dick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, it's like, uh, you know, in the, in the current circumstances I have, I mean, that also is a big part of what's going on. And, you know, I also know that I'm in America. You know, I, this is the easiest. In the Western world, it's the easiest place to you know make your own brand take off. It's yeah. much harder if you're in like I don't know Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, or something like that to Facts. get that kind of you know. Well, you will like probably have to really go through the ringer, but it's much more democratized in the Western world, especially with things like social media now. I mean, like there's less of a need for the record label than ever, 
which is great, I think. Um, you know, I think the further we can move away from like, you know, four greedy dudes controlling the entire record industry, the better. Uh, and that's kind of how it was in like you know, 50s and 60s. And we're getting we're getting better. It's still it's still not great. You know, there's still a lot of dick sucking you got to do for some people. That's, you know, and a lot of people taking advantage of other people, but it's not what it was. Uh, yeah, that's good. I think we're definitely on the right track. And I think that's the Oh, go ahead, Charlie. No, you go ahead. No, you were there. Go ahead. Okay. Y'all just gotta start raising your hands, like class, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> <laughs> to, to bring you full circle, that's what NFTs are for. Yeah. So you don't have to suck dick. Yeah. Mm. Well, independent artistry as a whole is for that. Not just the NFTs. I mean, people have been. We've seen success. What? <laughs> Jojo, Jojo, are you frozen? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, cause like, continue. Oh, who's going? You, you, naked. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's what I was saying. Like NFTs. Like, yes, there's a lot of meme in the NFTs, but NFTs, like, you, if you release your music as an NFT, then you have full royalties over that. And yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Forever, bro. Forever. And it's a way of, like, not having to suck dick, not having to get fucked by a camel. Like, you just have an NFT, and you're good. You you own that shit forever. And you yeah. always get profit off of it. Okay, Nipsey Hussle owns all his music and does not have any NFT. Well, owned. And doesn't have any, any NFTs. I was so like, didn't that man pass before NFTs really popped art. off? What? But the thing about it is, wait. He was so talking like, about crypto. He was talking about crypto, though. Yeah. What the thing about it is, like, so even if your fan in the future, because, for example, if I, like I was saying before, if I had like a concert and only y'all four people showed up to my first concert, and I, you can be like, yo, I went to the Joe Huxley fucking concert. I was the only four people there. And you have that NFT to show for it. That gives you generational wealth and generational wealth. And it'll give your fans an incentive to hold on to it and then also sell it when it gets, when you get bigger and bigger or when you become a legend and shit like that. And even if they sell that shit, so... Like a t-shirt, like a t-shirt from a concert, you you have to, you get that one time, one time sell, but you get that sell forever and ever and ever. Yeah. And that's the reason, that's the reason why NFTs like give so much value. Yeah. Like, that's why I was saying, I don't even say that, like the NFT thing to be like, to come at you, Ted, and be like, yo, NFTs, blah, blah, blah. But I was just saying it to be like, bro, like as a fellow artist. Like, you should look into NFTs, you know, because I, I relate to the struggle of, like, bro, like, I'm a very private person, too. I don't like to go out. I don't like to be a spectacle. And I focus more on the music itself rather than I do the social media yeah. and the promotion and all everything around it. So I understand that, like, thing of, bro, like, I just really care about music. Like, that's why I was saying about NFTs, because, like, bro, you should look into it, because... Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, no, I've, I've definitely looked into it. I mean, I was like hardcore against them, I would say a month ago. Uh, and then I hung out with 
uh, one of my friends who she's a visual artist and she was like, look, whatever kind of idea you have of like, oh, we can't let the capitalistic market, you know, determine artistic value. Your individual stake is not going to change like this whole trend of capitalism determining what makes good oh, art. Yeah, and yeah. if you can't beat them, join them, you know? Yeah. Um, you have to. Exactly. And uh, yeah, my main qualm with like the whole NFT thing is just my qualm with the entire art industry, which is that, yeah, like, capitalism kind of determines uh, what people see as good art. But yeah, I'm not going to change that in a night by not having an nft i'm just gonna get you know you get like left behind uh, i don't know what that shit the same class <laughs> <laughs> let these niggas it's... know Ted. let these niggas know Yeah. 
why <laughs> why is it placed on capitalism no, that's a good question um well so when you have you know money being the thing that drives the artistic world meaning like whoever has the most money is going to have the biggest tour whoever has the most who sold the most records is going to get on the most papers and have the greatest you know worldwide influence yeah. um that's going to change people's imagination of what makes good art um mm. so basically yeah it's just like the larger influence you have the more influence you have over what people think makes good art and money typically determines influence um and a lot of people and me included think that that's kind of a way that corrupts um yeah that your influence influence of art should not be determined by how much money you have um it should be by you know determined by how good the art is but at the same time i think that's just way too subjective for um it to have any kind of like i don't know to have any kind of realistic expectation that the universe is going to decide that there's one great art um is pretty foolish um, michael jackson y'all sleep but no but there's plenty of people that hate michael jackson too though which i don't understand i think michael jackson's fucking great i feel like uh, he's the most universally loved artist that i've ever seen yeah he was universally loved for real yeah I don't know. I feel like he's probably like so. <laughs> there's not, but there's definitely like you know. But there's people who go to hate Michael <laughs> Jackson. Is the thing. Uh, it's just hard for me to say because I love Michael Jackson. But no, I mean, people are always people hate Stevie Wonder. Like, can you imagine that? I yeah. fucking hate Stevie Wonder. Are you serious? What? No, I'm just playing. Okay. <laughs> I hate the Beatles. See exactly. I, I, like I was going to say, the Beatles is like the most universally loved, but yeah, no. I mean, it's it's impossible to expect that. Like, there's going to be like one. People will always be able to decide. Yeah. This man JoJo mm-hmm. said, "I what hate the Beatles." Of, and then he was like, your influences? "What you got to say about that?" Me personally. Yeah. Um. Well, for this record, um, I was definitely the first three songs were really inspired by the the Stone Roses a lot, actually. Um, and the whole kind of like or not quite Britpop sound but the whole like Manchester sound so like just before Oasis and Blur took off there was the Stone Roses and they were really big into combining like danceable rhythms with rock uh, and guitar solos and whatnot and I liked that a lot for the first three songs Um, I think you can probably hear I'm a big fan of Jeff Buckley and Radiohead uh, and they come through on my voice those those two Artists definitely influenced the way I sing a lot. Um, and then the last three songs were very electronic and they were inspired by, I'm, I've been a fan of electronic music for like, I was making that when I was like 13. Uh, and then I'm still, that's kind of was like my first true, my first favorite band was the Pet Shop Boys when I was four. If you all know, know them, they're like an 80s synth pop band. Highly recommend them. They have some, fucking bangers they're great um and uh so i've always really liked electronic music and um so the last few songs i was listening to a lot of um andy stott is a electronic producer who i i mean he's like a genius he's so good um and his sound design blows me away um and every time i listen to him i'm inspired 
and I'm also humbled. <laughs> he's just so good. Uh, and he can like, he's so good at kind of deconstructing a groove mm-hmm. and putting it back together in a way you've never heard before, but you just find yourself moving to it. You just can't help but do it. And it's got such an incredible aura. Um, so I would say that, he's, uh, where I make my mark that it kind of had that like groove that you were talking about in a sense. Yeah. I was feeling the, mm-hmm. like the dissonance and like the bipolarity. Cause it was like, you were being very like you as an instrument were being very like wavy with it, but the feel of it was like crazy. So I just wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's totally inspired by like Andy Stott's approach. Yeah. Um, and that song was also sonically inspired by uh, Burial a lot. Um, who's another one of my favorite electronic producers. And he's someone who takes like, um, do you know Burial? No. Put me he, on. Uh, he's also fucking great and also has a great way of kind of deconstructing a groove. So he kind of grew up in like the English uh, garage two-step dubstep scene. And he was making... Um, you know, just like rudimentary dubstep beats for a while. And then he's like one of the few electronic artists who has like a specific sound. That's like, that's the burial sound. Uh, what he does is he takes like, he's influenced by kind of dubstep rhythms um, and two-step, but he started to like run all of his electronics through um, like a lot of tapes, uh, like tape simulators to kind of give things like a fuzzy distortion to it. Um and he would take uh, like old, like 2000 samples. Like a lot of his songs are like Beyonce, like early Beyonce samples or his most famous song is, uh, has a Ray J sample on it. Um, and then he would also mix it with like a video game soundtrack. So his most famous song, Archangel, has the sample from Ray J and uh, a Metal Gear Solid game, the soundtrack for that. Um and he took like a string section from like one scene in this game, and then like he made that into the groove. Um, and his drums are like they're really strange, like they basically sound like a bunch of sticks like being hit on like a barrel, but they're synthetic too, and they've got you know, like a like a standard like kind of jungle influence groove. Um, and so his approach of like um taking samples and having no regard for sample quality. Like uh, the, one of the samples that he did of Beyonce is actually not the Beyonce song. It's an acapella version that someone just put on YouTube of them singing Beyonce. And he just ripped it. It was like, you know, a 240 pixel uh, song, like horrible quality. And that's on like his greatest selling record of all time. That's crazy. And so I think his kind of approach of being like, you know, Electronic music, they tend to be very precious about like, oh, we got to have the best sound here. We got to have the best sound here. Like, it's got to be polished and everything's on the grid. He was like, no, I'm not doing any of that. In fact, he actually, he made his most famous record without a grid at all. Um, He's fucking sick. And um, so his approach of like using um, the computer as a much more expressive instrument than most people have uh, and embracing the computer's faults in making music uh, was something that was inspiring to me. Um, yeah. I think he understood the limitations of making computer music and then exploited those imi- uh, limitations to give it soul and character. Yeah, like his electronic music is the is the like one thing I can point to that always has soul to it. That's like the number one pitfall of most electronic songs is they just like they sound stale. You know, 
there's no human quality to them and it gets boring and he avoids that. So I'd say, um, yeah, that's a long answer. And I could keep going. I mean, lyrically also, I'm a big fan of Nick Cave and Leonard Cohen um, and a lot of other poets too. But um, those two artists were the people that kind of showed me that you could put a poem in a song. Mm-hmm. Um, and David Bowie too, actually. I mean, his, I don't know if y'all read his lyrics much, but um, he didn't really, I mean, his lyrics don't mean anything most of the time. Uh, on Ziggy Stardust, they do. But most of the time, he's just like hobbling together things that he feels like sounds good. And that's actually pretty inspiring for me too. Like you don't have to have lyrics that mean anything as long as they take the listener somewhere, you know? Um, and so I think that approach is something that was inspiring for me, where I was more like trying to capture a mood than I was uh, an actual feel. Pick Me is that way. Um, I wrote Pick Me. Y'all remember like early 2020 when we got, killed the guy in Iran and we all thought we were going to World War III? <laughs> yeah. This was like right before the pandemic. It was trending, bro. Yeah. And we like we were like, oh shit, man, we're gonna like this is it's this over. is the end of the world. And then it, like <laughs> nothing happened. Like I started writing Pick Me during that time when I was like and it was kind of inspired by military jingoism and people being like, violence is the answer. Fuck yeah, we just bombed around, let's go. Um and then the lyrics took on a totally different kind of um route from there. And um ended up becoming something completely different, but I, I still think it had the, it captured the dread of the situation pretty well. And that I thought was much more important because that dread is applicable to so many times in our lives. than if I were to just write a song about us killing a, an official in Iran, that's only a, you know, applicable to one time in your life. Yeah. Um, well, before we, oh, go ahead. No, you got it. You got it. Oh, well, I was just going to say, you know, before we wrap it up, where can our listeners find you? And yeah. Socials and music so you can make it get tapped in with you. Yeah. Well, first off, thank you guys so much for having me um, and letting me That's ramble cool. on. This has been a ton of fun. I got and you, I like bro. I like Wait. getting the chance to talk about you know. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> um, Oh, Jesus. Right, hold on. <laughs> no more no more um yeah but you can find me on apple music spotify title every streaming service under my name ted noser um and my ep between fours 13 and 14 is out please listen to it and the second record will come out i'll say by the end of this year i'll hold myself to it I'll probably I'll probably end up like hating myself for saying that, but I'll just say it now so it comes into fruition. Uh, you can, yeah, and then you can follow me on Instagram at Blessed Be Your Day uh, is my is my handle. Or I think if you look up Ted Noser there too, there's actually only one Ted Noser living in the world. And it's me. Yeah. I look uh, up Ted Noser, and that's I'm awesome. Say you have such a cool yeah. name. Right? <laughs> I appreciate it. I tend not to think so, but uh, <laughs> I'll stick by it. Uh, that means a lot, Brownie. Um, but yeah, no, look me up, Ted Noser, and you'll find my Spotify, Apple Music, Instagram, uh, and maybe one day TikTok. <laughs> hey. All right, so we, we done, Z. We out this hole. Adios.